Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hi, this is Tom Salemi, Content Director of Healthogy. Uh, welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with uh, Steve Krupa, CEO of Silos Group and uh, our great host of the Breaking Health Podcast. How are you doing today, Steve? Um, great, Tom. How are you? Well, the conference is a few days away, so I'm, uh, I'm a bit stressed, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, bet you are. Things are going really well with the conference, so it's not nearly as stressful as it should be. And, uh, and the addition of content like this is, uh, has made things easier, but... We're bringing up stress because it's a uh, it's a great topic that you discussed today. You had uh, had a, a previous contact uh, with Jan Bruce of Equilibrium, and I really enjoyed the conversation you two had about what what really is a, an important issue facing healthcare today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're uh, we all know about stress, and I think what uh, a lot of people don't know about it is is it can consume you. And sometimes when you're in the midst of being consumed by it, uh, you don't realize it. And um, I think it's. Uh, something we should all be aware of and Jan is trying to use digital technology to, uh, to help people um, resolve stress and become more resilient and I think that's an interesting idea. How did you come to, to know Jan? Yeah, I, I, uh, I met her uh, at a conference. I met one of the people that work with her actually at a conference and they described uh, the idea of being able to provide uh, cognitive behavioral therapy coaching online to employees that are suffering from stress and we started a conversation uh, about her company um, and since I met her she's been very successful she's uh, raised some some uh, significant amount of money and closed on some very uh, good customers uh, for her product so this is one of those cases where the technology isn't necessarily cutting edge at least in my review of the of the website it's good mm-hmm. qual- quality content but she's really hitting upon a, a vein of opportunity uh, in healthcare that perhaps hasn't really been tackled uh, on, a, on a large scale like this. Well, yeah. I mean, the way that um, stress is handled today in terms of an employee benefit is through something called an, an employee assistance program. Uh, employers have 1-800 numbers that their employees can call and speak one-on-one with uh, a behavioral health counselor. And then ultimately, they may be referred into uh, a, uh, a treatment protocol with a social worker or a psychologist. But more often than not, um, employees don't call the number and not a lot of services are provided. Uh, that's really the state of the art today. Uh, and really what, what Jan is saying is I can create a, a media experience uh, using the Internet and begin to deliver online educational tools and interactive tools that become more and more specific to the individual uh, to help them through um, stress. And really, she talks about it as resilience. So while I would say it's not like a data and analytics company uh, per se, um, she is driving one-on-one interactions with people that are relevant to them specifically. And so it does require some algorithms and some really great content. And of course, you know, the digital media environment to deliver the, to deliver the uh, solution. And she, and she brings up some very interesting numbers as to, related to the economic impact of, of stress. So uh, it's a, a very good conversation. Yeah, I, I, 
you know, she, she talks about economics not necessarily around healthcare. I think any good physician would say reduce your stress, improve your health. It's pretty straightforward. But in terms of uh, return on investment for an employer that might want to deploy a program like this, it's going to be – you're going to be able to quantify that return through productivity gains, uh, reductions in absenteeism, and reduction in turnover. And, and that's the effort that, that she's undergoing right now. And you know, she thinks that she is saving you know, $600,000 per 1,000 employees, and she'll get into that in the conversation. But that's a, a very meaningful amount of savings for an employer. It certainly is. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's hop into the interview. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jan. Hey, thank you, Steve. You and I have known each other for a couple of years now. I've been following your company, and the, the, one of the sayings I think you have is, uh, stress is the new fat. And, and I kind of take that to my own heart, and I say, well, stress is the new smoking, because maybe it's voluntary, maybe it's <laughs> not. I'm not sure. But one of the things that uh, I've come to recognize over the years is that uh, society places a lot of burden on people in their work and home life, and that it's, a good, it's good to be under stress, but chronic stress can lead to some significant health issues. And uh, over, the, over the course of your work at Mequilibrium, you've become uh, an expert on stress. Are you stressed right now talking to me? Huh? Actually, I'm not. It's great to talk with you. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I would tell you that um, I do like to say stress is the new fat, but uh, lately people are saying to me that sitting is the new smoking. That's right. Sitting is the new smoking. That's a very good one. I like that one, too. And I'm standing up right now talking to you, in case you're wondering. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think I, <laughs> I think I mentioned to you, you know, I... I've always understood stress, right? And we all feel it. And, and, but chronic stress, and, you know, I've had the, the misfortune to experience chronic stress at, at, at some point, really kind of takes over. And we, we don't realize it's taken us over until it ultimately goes away. And the bottom line is, is we look out into the employee population in the U.S., and we can probably say, that there's a fair number of people that experience stress and then an affair, a smaller group that experiences chronic stress. What, what do you know from your research about, about that situation? First of all, you're right to make the distinction. A little bit of stress is, is you know, what we need to get things done. We think about it was the stress of failure that made us uh, you know, get, do our term papers and get out of school. I think that, as you also point out, uh, you can get stuck in a pattern of being chronically, uh, you know, of being hyper-stressed, and that's what we call chronic stress, where a little bit of stress makes you productive. Um, to be in a perpetual state of stress actually has the, uh, uh, the opposite effect. You get foggy and unproductive. Right. And um, so what you want to do is, you know, I always say you need to recharge yourself. You recharge your phone. You recharge your battery. You need to recharge yourself and not get into, you know, that state where suddenly unawares you're, you know, it's a, it's a steeper hill to climb. Yeah, I think. I, out of. I mean, it's interesting. I've seen data that suggests everything changes under chronic stress. Uh, blood pressure goes up, right? Um, you drink more, maybe you eat more, your, your 
cross the threshold of well, diabetes yeah. and so forth. So, you know, chronic stress can lead to chronic illness is, is, uh, in, many, well, in many people. Well, yes, chronic. I mean, the numbers are astounding, and they keep on coming out. I mean, chronic uh, stress is uh, implicated in uh, most of our chronic conditions. Um, and remind, you know, let me remind you that it's those conditions and lifestyle, you know, sort of light lifestyle behaviors that, it, that account for about 75% of the cost of our health care in this country. Uh, I can also say that people who are under high stress sleep half as much as uh, people who are under normal stress. They also are uh, 200, you know, twice as likely to fail at a diet or a weight management plan. They eat more, they drink more, they sleep less, as I said, and they also don't um, get as much exercise. So, you know, you do get in this, this state of just, uh, it's you and the stress. That's right. <laughs> and you're not doing the healthy things that might make, uh, you know, you, you, you stop putting other things into your life to, um, you know, to ameliorate that situation. What's interesting is, is you, know, you, you meet people, you hang out with your friends, they say, oh, I'm really stressed. And, of course, the answer is go exercise, go do some yoga, go do some biofeedback go do all of these things. And it, at least what I've come to learn is, is those are really temporary soothing agents. But if there is an underlying thought process that is driving the body's reaction to stress, those things are only going to um, temporarily uh, That's right. solve the problem. They're not going to solve any permanent issues. So where, where is, in fact... Uh, stress in terms of the mindset of corporations and, and, and their uh, human resource departments? Do they understand its effect? Do they care about it? What are they doing about it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've seen in the last, you know, two years alone, the awareness um, amongst uh, HR professionals, but also the C-suite that stress is, um, is you know, exacerbating or, um, their uh, employee engagement, employee absence and turnover, and, and, and frankly, you know, top-line results, revenue, as well as, you know, the cost of, of, of um, you know, people being out, the cost of people not, you know, doing their work, the cost of people quitting. So I think the awareness now that um, stress is a force to be reckoned with, and it's not just, just the physical manifestation of stress in chronic conditions and chronic, you know, and and and, and uh, utilization of healthcare, but uh, that when people are stressed, they simply don't bring their best self to work. Uh, there's a growing trend I see in organ, you know, in leading companies today to um, you know let help employees take care of themselves, and then they'll be better able to take care of business. And I think that's also part of the whole, uh, you know, sort of consumerization of health. Not to go off on a tangent, Steve, sure. but, you know, it's, it's not just a, um, you know, here's, it, it, it's getting less rigid. It's not just about, you know, get the biometric screening and do these six things, and then we know you're well taken care of. I think there's a growing realization that, 
uh, you know, as I said, people bring their whole selves to work. If they're stressed, if they're overwhelmed, if they have problems at home, if they don't have good coping skills, it's going to reflect in our bottom line. So I think there's, you know, a, a, it's, it's a pretty big change. Yeah. Well, and it's also, you know, to me, it's also a private matter for people as well, right? So nobody likes to turn around and, and tell somebody they don't know very well that they're stressed, right? Nobody wants to say, you know, I'm taking right. a tranquilizer to get to sleep at night because I'm so stressed, right? So right. When, when you think about how would you go about, well, first of all, if you walked into an HR department and say, I'm going to sell you a product and the results of my product is an overall reduction in the stress of your employee population, it seems to me that's a value proposition that one would have to investigate, right? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, absolutely. that is your value proposition. So then, so then since we're talking about digital health, right, you're coming to it from a standpoint of how to use computing and the digital infrastructure to provide stress therapy, I think, to employees that are feeling like they need some help. Is that, is that a good way to think about your company? Well, you know, it's interesting. Our, um, the, the, the business has, you know, the, the, um, the value proposition has, uh, is really about um, employee and, and performance optimization, about resilience, Mm-hmm. much, much more than stress. You know, stress is um, one of the symptoms. Stress is something that um, increasingly employers, as I said, are making the connection about, um, you, know, the, you know, stress costs us $300 billion a year and, you know, it drives up our health care costs. But I think increasingly, um, you know, that's the pain point and the focus is on, the solution of making everyone more resilient and more up to the task of, um, you, you know, of, of tackling the challenges that face them. Yeah, well, I, okay, so we've gone from stress to resilience, or the idea of being more resilient. And um, mm-hmm. my knowledge of this is resilient is an adjective. Why don't you be just a little more resilient, buddy, and you'll feel better. <laughs> but it's actually in your world... It is a way of measuring someone's ability to cope with change or, or with the world around them. Is that, a, is that the way to think about it? It's a, it's a, it is, in fact, a, a number or a measurement tool, right? The study of resilience actually grew out of the, um, you know, the psychological study of why certain people perform and others don't. And um, we, you know, we know that a person's resilience can be measured, you know, you, like your IQ or like your, you know, it can be sort of catalog like your uh, Myers-Briggs score. Mm-hmm. But it also, unlike some of those things, it can be changed. We can actually help people improve their coping skills and make them more resilient. And the, um, you know, that, the, the way that happens is that, um, our coping mechanisms are often really ingrained in us from very early age. We inherit them from our parents, ways of assessing what's going on and making short, you know, shortcutting ways of thinking about it. Um, you know, I, 
uh, I'm not good at sports, you know, uh, I shouldn't do sports, things like that. We develop these, these ways of interpreting things, and we have found that we can actually change that so that people can cope better and feel better uh, and feel more adaptable in certain situations. And that's kind of the core of resilience training. And what's been masterful is that we've, you know, when you apply that to stress management, it's so much stronger than just uh, tools that were our traditional stress management tools that help people kind of relax or calm, you know, things that kind of work on the symptoms of the stress rather than the root cause of stress, which is usually your thinking styles and your, your approach to adversity. So I hope that wasn't too much for no, no. you, but that's kind of the segue from, you know, you know, from the stress, you know, the pain point of the stress to this really scalable solution of helping everyone be more resilient. Right, and the, and the um, resilience is correlated to higher job satisfaction, higher health status. In other words, healthier yeah. people have higher resilience generally, and it's inversely correlated to things like symptoms of stress and feeling burnt out and not wanting to go to work and feeling productive. So if your resilience is down... Um, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be excited about going to work. If your resilience is higher, you're going to be a better worker. You're going to be a more productive right. father or more productive mother or grandmother. And you're going to, you know, sort of have a view of life that's more um, up for the challenge as opposed to feeling overwhelmed by the challenge. Is that a, a good way to sum it that's up? That's absolutely right. That's a really good assessment. And, in fact, we have validated that exactly with our equilibrium um, resilience assessment, we actually see that um, the people, you know, employees and, and, and people in general who, you know, non-employed, who have um, higher resilience scores have lower perceived stress scores. They have fewer absences. They have fewer hospital stays. They have better health status. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so when we can improve there, you know, when we, and when we can improve people's resilience score, we can see, and the, you know, we, we can see pretty quickly that their perceived stress scores go down in, you know, in inverse proportion. We're now also seeing, a, you know, we're doing, we work with large employers. We work with employers who have lots of um, large customer-facing workforces like call centers and people who, um, you know, lay cable and people who sell on the, you know, retail in big box stores, things like that. And we, uh, we see that when people are able, when these people learn a little bit about resilience, um, you know, we could teach them stress management techniques until we're blue in the face, Steve, and those are very good. I'm not trying to say that they're bad, but when we, when we help people um, start to get more in touch with their emotional reasoning, with how they, you know, sort of solve or don't solve problems, how aware they are of their reactions to um, adverse situations and problems, they start feeling less stressed. And essentially... What we're talking about here is a product where we could, right, ship in uh, a team of uh, educational instructors and instructors and psychologists and give a sort of uh, uh, a program right. to our employees in an, in an auditorium and teach them all about resilience. Um, or 
we could offer them the benefits of the modern internet structure and uh, the privacy, which I think is important when I, when I look at your product, the privacy of being able to deal with this on their own, not in front of others, right? And the next thing you know, exactly. we have a scalable solution that's much less expensive for the employer where we're essentially taking people on a volunteer basis through um, a program as to how to increase their resilience. And that's really fundamentally your core product today, right? That's exactly right. The Equilibrium today is essentially a coaching platform, which is, you know, uses, it is a digital platform that, that um, has a, um, ha, that has a coaching model that helps um, every individual with a clinically validated and highly personalized resilience coaching solution. And we, um, you know, we, we deploy this through employers and health plans and wellness providers and also direct to consumer. And, and the goal or the, you know, the result is that we improve people's ability to manage their stress, but also their engagement, their productivity, and their performance and their health. Yeah, I mean, and, and, the, and it's, you know, before people say, well, this is a digital wellness product, uh, I want to. I want you to have the opportunity to sort of quantify a little bit about the dollars that we're talking about. I mean, just in right. the ability to improve productivity and reduce absenteeism, right, and reduce turnover, the numbers are pretty pretty compelling. So, just walk well, us through absolutely. those. Absolutely. I mean, what we are seeing is that we can. I mean, Nucleobrium can save. $600,000 for every thousand eligibles. And that is pretty, that's a pretty compelling statistic. Yeah. And it's not health cost reduction. That is productivity, absence, uh, in, you know, turnover, those, those sort of related costs that are hard to get at. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, what we've done here is we've, you know, you started talking about this before. We've, we've basically taken the methodology that coaches and therapists were using offline and we've made it algorithm driven and very, very scalable so that you can, um, you know, you can, you know, you can um, leverage this against hundreds of thousands of people at a manageable cost. And this is cognitive behavioral therapy essentially for the most part, right? It is. It is cognitive behavioral therapy made scalable, affordable, personalized, as you said earlier. And then don't forget that you can, you know, people can use it 24-7 whenever they want. So, you know, the stressed out employee who's never going to pay attention to your benefits, who's not going to make an appointment to see someone, can do this after she puts her kids to bed mm-hmm. or, you know, can do it again and again, you know, can practice um, off of her cell phone. So that's why it's, you know, part of the reason it's effective is that it's individual, it's personalized and very efficient for each individual. But the other, you know, another part of it is that it is, um, it is very much on demand and meets every employee where they need to be. Right. Right. And that's, that's the part about it that I, well, I find the whole digital idea fascinating. It's clearly going to be a lot cheaper than in-person therapy sessions, which are a pain in the neck Mm -hmm. to go to and are expensive and are subject to sort of the luck of the draw, depending on who your therapist is and so forth. This is a way to to go through a fairly inexpensive, convenient, private, um, behavioral Mm -hmm. 
cognitive behavioral therapy exercise that's customized. And by the way, the content's very, very good. I mean, it's a combination well, of tests and you. videos, and it's, and, and it, and it's real. And, and interactive. And get people started. And, and I would imagine you've thought about quantifying the healthcare benefit, but that's tough because mm-hmm. the experiment is multivariable, right? Um, who knows what other things are going on to impact that, but I don't think any good physician would argue with the notion that if someone's resilience is higher, um, they've got a they've got lower stress levels among other things, and they ought to be healthier healthier, if you will, relative to that mm-hmm. uh, person with lower resilience. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's so much literature about the um, the impact of um, stress on um, you know health and healthcare costs. Um, that that is almost a given. I, you know, I actually like to say that, um, you know, that's a given. But, you know, if you just bank on the benefit, you know, if you just consider the ROI on um, the, you know, on what this will do for employee productivity, engagement, emotional well-being, absence, turnover, that stuff, um, and then the health care costs is, you know, sort of, you know, extra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, there's a lot to be gained from that. You know, the, the interesting thing about this, to just go back to the technology aspect of this for a moment, you know, we love in the innovation world when technology can take, you know, can take something and, you know, take, take a product or a service and make it better, faster, cheaper. Um, and that's really what we did with this. You know, we saw this coaching model um, in a world where there was so much effort spent and so many products coming out, um, you know, for, for tracking and, you know, focusing on diet and fitness and sleep. And we kind of said, wow, there's this emotional well-being. There's this, you know, stress and coping area, uh, self-awareness, personal growth that was really white space. And most of the products, and there are a lot of fine products, you know, anything from uh, mindfulness and meditation to stress management and you know, resilience training, uh, coaching, all of that stuff was offline. And, you know, we said at the Equilibrium, we can, um, why don't we use technology to essentially build a product that can scale this, that can do it affordably, and that over time can get smarter and smarter for all different types of people and different types of problems. And that's exactly what we are doing and what we've already, you know, what we've been building. So, um, you know, you can get many, and because it's technology and because it's accessible, you can get so many more people to engage than, you know, the typical models of, you know, two to three percent of, you know, people who are, you know, really at risk have to engage. Right. So, you know, you can get 10 to 15 times that number. So ten, that's enormous. That I think people would love to know that they get twenty, twenty-five, thirty percent of their employees to we engage. We do. I mean, we we yeah. we do. We get this, uh, you know, across our our book of business, and we are dealing with Fortune fifty companies and Fortune one thousand companies. Mm-hmm. We get, um, you know, in 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 you know, cable, in technology, in. Um, you know, in, in retail, in, and also knowledge workers, you know, in, yeah. in uh, financial services, we get typically, you know, a 20 to 25% enrollment rate. And here's the thing that's really astounding or astoundingly different. 
we are getting 45 to 50% of, of our base, of our enrolled base, to continue to engage with us month after month, even in year three, Steve. Which, you know, so this is not really, yeah. you know, a wellness. This is, this is way beyond resilience and um, is something, you know, and, and equilibrium goes beyond a wellness platform. We like to say this is uh, a gateway service. You know, this, yeah. this kind of takes a disruptive idea that your thoughts really are, are, are the control of everything. You know, that if you can change your thinking, everything else will be possible. And we want to be there for people month in and month out as they, you know, have new things to cope with. Because that's really the way to achieve stress management. That's terrific. I, 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 don't, think, I, I don't think I've seen this idea before we met. And, um, and I think it's probably going to become very important over the years. If you're getting that kind of engagement now at the beginning and you're getting that kind of stickiness... You really almost have like a media product on your hand. It's uh, granted, it's a health and wellness product, but it's turning into a into a media business uh, right in front of you. We have actually taken media, you know, people with subject matter expertise in consumer wellness media, and have and they basically drive consumer engagement in our yeah. company because they are the kinds of people who know. You know, why is it that in that there? You know, why is it that you buy? or consume that media about how to run the marathon every year for, you know, for 10 yeah. years, you already know what to do. You've already run the marathon, but yet you go out and you buy that new update. Sure. Um, and it's those people, the people that understand how to write that for you and keep it fresh. That's who works at equilibrium. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, how many books does a, does a golfer read about the golf swing, right? We always exactly. go back and relearn the same things over and over again because we forget them. We start to make mistakes right. and we've got to go back. And as long as we're, we're finding the, you know, the, the most frustrating thing is, is when, it, when it's not relevant to you. So as long as you're, you're making the experience relevant to the user, they will continue to come back if it becomes important to them. That's for sure. Um, here's, exactly. here's some numbers. I just want to clarify some numbers and then, then move on. So if we're saying $600,000 per 1,000 eligibles um, and you've got sort of a 20 to 30% engagement rate, you know, you're you're saying the six hundred dollars per eligible per year of savings. That's like fifty dollars per month, and I'm assuming you don't have yeah, to tell me what you're charging. It comes out to be like fifteen. I think it comes out to be about sixteen hundred dollars per participant. That's for, amazing for savings. And I'm assuming you're not charging anywhere near that. Charging. Yeah. Okay. No, we're charging a fraction. You know, we we don't charge. I mean, we we don't charge nearly that much. Um, we we charge based on how large, you know, how many employees. We like to charge based on how many employees are in the company on a per eligible uh, per year. And we also um, we often find that um, that our customers start adding spouses and dependents after mm -hmm. a while. Yeah, why not? Because right? often, <laughs> why not? I mean, a lot of the stress <laughs> comes from, yeah. uh, you know, our favorite, our favorite, um, you know, scenario. You come home from work and your spouse says you're not making this marriage and you know uh, important um, a priority, and therein lies the stress. Sure. You know? And yeah, the, so family the family unit. The family unit. Okay. Right. So. Let's talk about how you got to this 
you know, people don't just think of coming into the into becoming an entrepreneur overnight. I know you spent some time working with Martha Stewart. Is it possible that the stress that she caused you led you to this <laughs> idea? Well, it's interesting that you say <laughs> that. Only because, because I mean, I'm basing that purely on reputation, <laughs> not on firsthand knowledge. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, Martha, uh, when Martha bought my company, she, I sold, my, I sold my, my wellness company to Martha and, because she was a big believer in, uh, in health and wellness on a personal level. Um, on a corporate level, um, given that her company in those days was set up to own the home arts, entertaining, decorating, mm-hmm. uh, all of that good stuff, um, she thought, well, why not uh, make taking care of yourself versus taking care of your house, you know, an adjunct uh, uh, subject matter. We, um, we were very successful working with her as one of, you know, a, as a wholly owned subsidiary. Yet, um, I will say that as an entrepreneur at heart, um, after working in working uh, for Martha Stewart living on the media for five years, I had learned a little something about stress, and some of it comes from um, the fact that you you know when you're when you're not when you're an entrepreneur and then you work for other people, their priorities become yours, and entrepreneurs sometimes like to you know follow their you know march to their own drum yeah. on the other hand you know the the awareness that came to me watching people you know i was in a very i was in a highly successful highly visible place you know really well, all, it was one of those be careful what you wish for you might get it kind of things because it was it was fabulous it was high profile it was engaging and challenging and um but it was ultimately uh you know you see how so many very very talented very very successful very very smart people do not take care of themselves and stress over runs them. Mm-hmm. And I fell into that too, even though I knew as well or better than most how to take care of myself. And that was where I got the epiphany that, uh, that we needed to, uh, you know, that stress like overweight was going to become a force to be reckoned with in our culture. And so I set out to see what was you know, what would be the seeker in me said, well, let's look at everything. Let's look at biofeedback. Let's look at meditation. Let's look at mindfulness, brain focus, you know, calming, relaxation. What is there? And, and I ended up seeing that with resiliency, that actually helping people change their thinking, it was like an, it was like an obvious, no-nonsense, effective, translatable way to, mm-hmm. to get this you know, to, to, to move the needle. And that is, in fact, what's happened. Well, we're talking with uh, Jan Bruce, co-founder and CEO of Mequilibrium, also author of Mequilibrium, 14 Days to uh, Cooler, Calmer, and Happier. Just to, just to let people know that, that uh, this is a private company. You get uh, terrific backers, uh, Safeguard Scientific, Chrysalis Ventures, to name a couple. Am I missing anybody in that, uh, in that list? Those are the those are the big guns those right now. Big, those are the big guns, and congratulations. Um, Thank you. We've come to our our last question. Um, so, obviously, you go from Martha Stewart. You get to start your own business again. Uh, you get to take what you've learned, uh, both in that experience, and then you're starting a business around resiliency for employees. And uh, my my question is, how does all of that? inform the way you manage your company? 
Oh, that's a great question. There are a couple of things that I try to practice and I try to speak about and, and you know, instill both in my team and then also in, you know, other people, whoever will listen to me. I think that simply observe, you know, get, making a habit of sitting quietly and observing your thought, like saying to yourself, how am I feeling now, can make a major difference on your day. You know, I think... Um, I think that when you're in a busy, fast-paced startup world, you need to be a monster about um, what you will and will not focus on. And then, because what you focus on will flourish, and if you focus on too many things, it's not going to happen. You know, you, that, then you can't focus. Right. So, you, you know, you have to have some discipline around these things. Um, and, um, you know, I guess lastly, you know, I would say, positivity. You know, you've got to be, you know, positive continually trumps negative. Um, lots of companies, you know, kind of charge a dollar when you say a negative thought in a meeting, stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I don't mean sugarcoat, but I mean, you have to, you know, you have to assume good intent and be positive. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think there are, you know, I think these are all, it's interesting how, um, you know, the challenges of running a growth business, fast pace, um, where you have to be really tough about performance and judgmental about performance. You know, you've got to get great people and you've got to, you know, you can't sugarcoat, but you also have to be nurturing. Absolutely. These are, um, you know, these these are very interesting, um, you know, uh, ideals to juggle. Very cool. Well, listen. For, let me let me just say thank you for taking the time to focus on this. I know you're very busy, um, but I I love I love talking with you today, and uh, and thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I'm starting to feel a little less stressed already. Thank you, Jan Bruce of Mequilibrium. Uh, it's an interesting company with a uh, unique approach to solving what is actually a very critical problem in healthcare. I thought her numbers were uh, fantastic. And thanks, of course, always to Steve Prupa uh, of the Silos Group for orchestrating and organizing uh, such a compelling call on such an important topic. Uh, We'll hit upon a lot of these next Tuesday at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. For more information about the upcoming conference, go to digitalhealthcaresummit.com. And we look forward to seeing you in Boston.